Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Reza- now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I- Allison, where do you, you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the, on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts of dirty stuff, but also parenting stuff. Yeah, so. Check out Childish, new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, hi, hello, welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here in the studio with my husband Daniel, hello. Hello. So we just did something new, just to let you behind the scenes a little bit, before recording a show, and I think I don't think this is just us, I think this is everyone who does podcasts maybe even everyone who does any form of entertainment that is recorded. You do, and this is a technical term, it's called a sound check. We do. Where you check your sound. Now, usually people have their thing they go to, which is like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, hello. Or like I remember Bob Bryan used to do like, um, how did he had a specific way of, it was like one, two, three, four, and five. Five, four, three, two, and one. I'm I'm botching it. Oh, you know what I would do? I would go, hello, hello, one, two, three, hello, something like that. <clears throat> I know that some producers will do stuff like they'll say, so tell me what you had for breakfast today, mm-hmm. which is like... To get you conversational, probably. To hear what you sound like when you're conversational. Right, but to get the levels of normal. Yes, yeah. I guess, because oftentimes people during sound check will do a thing where they're like... Hello, I'm going to sound like this. And then they don't. They, mm-hmm. they, they have the passion in their voice that they would have when discussing granola. Um, I also, apparently, some pre- and I have not received this one. I feel like this one is more a public transit thing. They'll be like, tell me how you got to work today. Which who, is gets, like, who, who doesn't get excited to talk about that? Honestly, those, that and breakfast, those are, well, I, I mean, I enjoy talking about food, but like those are pretty boring questions. In fact, the word I think they are, is there, there's a word anodyne. I think those are pretty anodyne. And if Tony were here, I'd make him look it up. But instead, I'm going to have to wait for a moment when well, I can look it up. If it's not technically correct, it's spiritually correct. <laughs> Thank you very much. <clears throat> this was not meant to be a diatribe about the problem with asking someone what they had for breakfast, though. This was meant to be a chance for you and I, Mm. you and me, Mm. to celebrate the song that we just came up with during Soundtrack, which is funny because using a song to check your mic is so silly because you don't normally sing during a show. But anyway, it goes Uh like this. One, two. And by the way, this little thing that I'm doing, this snapping, counting off thing, has nothing to do with the time signature of the actual song, but I'm just still. Wait, we're gonna we're going. We're to, gonna sing it. Okay. 
Okay, go ahead. Do you, did you not want to? No, it's fine. I don't care. Go ahead. Wait, maybe I can try to do it in the in the beat that it was. <clears throat> one, two, one, two, three, four. A sound check. A sound check. Check in the mic. A sound check. Daniel, this is where you came in. A sound check. A sound. I don't Hello. think you're doing check. exactly the way you did it. Oh, I'm sorry. What did I do? It was a little bit more like a sound check. A sound check. A sound. And I, was, and, I, and I went, a sound check, a sound check, a sound oh, check. Oh, you had some syncopation. A sound check. You guys, Sy- I'm not trying to impress you with my big words. Uh, I must share something that just happened. So while snapping and singing, I began to feel really nauseated. Wow. That Did you guys also, if <laughs> I discovered, is that a super nauseating song? Well, no, I'm wondering if you weren't hypnotized and told that if you snap your fingers that you should feel nauseous. <sighs> Do you think that's possible? Have, you, have I gone missing in the last four months? I've been asleep for about eight hours. I don't Honestly, know what's been going on. I did just uncap the top of a drink. Um, I did secretly avail myself of hypnotherapy multiple years ago. Do you know about this? Did I ever tell you this? It was weird. It was Ooh. when you were working. So it was, you know, not during quarantine. You had an office job and I quietly was like, I'm going to try some hypnotherapy. And I feel like I never mentioned it to you. Did I ever mention it I to you? I don't think you did. Isn't that so weird? Yes, it is so <laughs> it is so weird. What happened? Tell me about it. Okay. So, uh and it was a I fa- I got the name of the woman from a listener. But I'm not going to say her name. I'll tell you her name afterwards just in case she is also see- keeping this a secret. So, um so Stephen Stevie Ryan. Mm-hmm. So Stevie Ryan mentioned that she had done it and it helped her, which by the way, it is I think the 3-year anniversary of her suicide, which is very sad mm-hmm. and it is very sad. Weird. I st- it's still surreal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was recently watching some clips of her because um, her podcast co-host Kristen Carney had posted them. Um, anyway, very sad. Okay, so she mentioned that she had done it, and then Michael Showalter came on and he mentioned that he did hypnotherapy to quit smoking, I think. And okay. like it, he never had a cigarette and never wanted one after that. Hmm. And I was like, okay, I don't know that I fully, I don't know that I'm fully on board, but I'm going to try it. Um, because I would love to be free of nibbling at night. So it totally failed. It totally failed for that. Uh huh. But yes, it did help me with some of my grief from Oliver. Which is definitely not why I went. I went because I wanted, and I think she was like, your bed, picture your bed is a blue light. It's so soft. It's so comfortable. Your pillow is so soft. And I was like, but my pillow's not that great. Yeah. I mean, we've discussed at length on here the problems with our pillows. So my bed was not a sanctuary. And Were you aware of everything that was happening while you were hypnotized? Yes, pretty much. Um, But I think that's normal. This idea that you go into a trance. Well, that's what I suspect. This idea that you go into a trance, that's like showbiz. Yeah, that's just like fictional version. Right. I mean, there is some, there's like the, 
the induction of hypnotherapy. So there are there is some stuff they do to like put you in a state, mm-hmm. and sometimes the way time passes is a little bit distorted. But um, that one of the last sessions I went to, uh, she was like, "Imagine you know a a brand." I, I don't. It's a whole thing, and there were so many words that were big, and it was kind of distracting. And I was like, "She's reading. She's got to be reading this. There's no way she has this memorized." And then instead of being able to focus on it, I just was like, "Is she reading this? I'm really curious." And I think I you'd be a hard eyes. person to hypnotize. I think I'm actually surprisingly suggestible. Well, you're suggestible, but not hypnotizable. <laughs> but anyway, the way it worked was, I—I I mean, sorry, the the real—and I'm I'm just going to give this one away. The realization I had, if anyone out there is grieving, the realization I had is. Nothing about not having some snacks in the middle of the night, but I was very torn up over losing our dog Oliver and like, I loved him so much. What do I do with, I I feel like I'm a person walking around with this like unrequited love. Like I've got all this feeling for him and there's no recipient for it. And I realized my relationship with him and the feelings I have for him that doesn't really have to change. It just moves into my heart and it becomes internal and I can still love the him that exists in my heart. Mm-hmm. This sounds a little foofy and a little silly, but for some reason it was like this epiphany, aha thing for me that um, it like resolved this, what felt like a, a problem I couldn't resolve in my head. Yeah. So that actually was very helpful. But anyway... I don't know if she was like, you're going to sing a song that goes like a sound check, a sound check, check in the mic, a sound check, and then you're going to feel nauseated. Yeah. It's possible. I mean, that's pretty wild that she would think that far ahead or, you know, think of something like that, but you never know. Hypnotherapy is one of those. She knew, listen, she knew I had a podcast. If you go into hypnotherapy, there's something about you that's um, strange and mysterious, so who knows how you you know, what kinds of pranks you like to pull. (laughs) Right. Another thing I remember is, so you'd get comfortable in a chair and they had a blanket if you wanted a blanket, which Mm -hmm. I did. But then she'd always go, no crossies. Like you couldn't have your legs crossed. And I wonder why. But here was the weirdest part of it. Um, Maybe you're not fully relaxed. Right. So the very first session they do this thing to like gauge how easy it'll be, I think, to get you into a state mm-hmm. of hypnosis. And it's a lot of questions that um, are intended. And I think Michael Showalter had told me this are intended to scramble your brain. Yeah, I've heard of this. So it's like, I actually, I wish I had an example. It, it, my memory of the feeling of it that it's like, do you not yes feel? Do you feel not yes? Like these questions that don't, that you can't parse them. They don't make sense. But then it's like, uh, there's this moment where it's like, okay, your arm is going to raise. It's going to lift. And I was like, oh, fuck. What am I going to do? Because it's not going to work on me because I don't believe in this. And then am I going to fake it or am I not? And then all of a sudden my arm elevated. But I know how it, how it happened because she's like, feel your elbow. It is pushing into the desk it's grinding oh. into the desk and like when when you do that it does but my mm-hmm. sensa- my experience of it was that my arm just out of the blue went blah, blah, blah. that's the sound that you, your arm makes when it's lifting and also when one's underwater 
question. How about, about how long ago is this? Um, when do you feel like I changed? <laughs> um, this was like 2016, I think. You mean in terms of the Oliver of it all? No, I, I was just joking. Oh. Um, I didn't know that I did change in terms of Oliver. I think it, it, it stopped being a constant thing for you at a certain point, you know? I could find, I could find, I could look at my receipts and I don't mean that in the slang term, like mm-hmm. check the receipts. I mean, literally. Um, let's see. I, it was before I was pregnant mm-hmm. with Elliot and I got pregnant with him in 2016 so it was 2015 or 2016 i feel like hypnosis hypnotherapy would also be good for people with anxiety issues don't you mm-hmm. i mean maybe that's what the idea is but like i mean she's, it's really therapy is what it is it's just sort of a therapy with a a binder with a binder the binder of her trances <laughs> Oh, I thought you meant like a magical binder. Like you get bound to a... Oh. She has like an object and you get bound to it. And she has a a closet in her office full of everybody's souls. Is that what they call those? A binder? And now you are bound to me via this binder. It's been a long time since I've studied witchcraft, but... um, I'm just saying somewhere she had all the, the hexes and spells written down because there's no way she had those memorized. But why? I mean, if that's what she does. Maybe she did. I mean. I don't know. I became so distracted with like, what's she reading from? I know a friend of mine did one of those hypnosis uh, stage shows. He got pulled out of the audience. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to believe that this was all true. And (laughs) he describes it as like just playing along. And I think that's really all it is. Was that you that told me that? Maybe. That oftentimes the in like the stage show version, it's people just playing along because they're they're so worried about um I think the, about the awkwardness of it not working. My set my my feeling, my sense, like I don't know this to be true, but this is it, with those is that they do a pre screening. I think they do a pre screening and they kind of find people that would be willing they have ways of testing to see whether people would be willing to go along. Like, yeah, you you test suggestibility, and one of the ways apparently is like to offer someone gum, and if they take it, yeah, you found a live one. Suggestibility, but it's like, but not in the set, not the, not in the hypnosis sense. Not like oh. you're putting a suggestion in there, and then they don't know what. Maybe it's like the same way that, it, the, like, whatever ineffable quality it is that I look for in someone that I think would be a good guest. Yeah, but I, there's a difference between what you did and what I'm talking about. I'm talking about stage shows, which is not the hypnotherapy. This is just yes, people. I know. I feel like, did you, I love you. Did you not just hear the very last thing I said? Because I feel like that was exactly what you, I'm saying. It's that ineffable quality I look for in someone that would be a good guest on my show, like a performative quality. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. Because what, what you I just said <laughs> was. Uh, not, you said, no, not like what you just did. Something about a stage show. Um, I'm so confused. Um, no, what I'm saying is this. Uh, no, I think you were you were trying to draw a parallel between what you. Oh, what if it gives a shit? Um, <laughs> th- here's what I'm saying. Um, they they do something like the gum thing mm. to find the people that'll be willing to go along with it. Yeah. Uh, and it's not suggestibility in the sense that it's. Uh, boy, I could. 
put an idea in their head and then they'll do the thing because they're under hypnosis. It's suggestibility of just like the conscious sort of like, I can suggest something to this person in their game to pretend. Right. right. They're like a good improv partner. Yeah. I'm just making the distinction because I think when you're talking about hypnosis, you talk about suggestibility. It suggests, yes. suggests that suggests. I think that is, I think we're on the same page. So anyway, I, during all May that. May I suggest we move on? Oh my God. We should move on. I am suggestible. Anyway, I had a chance to look up anodyne, and it means not likely to provoke dissent or offense, inoffensive, often deliberately so. Okay. Uh, which So they ask you a, a deliberately anodyne yeah. question at the beginning. However, I don't normally eat breakfast, so... So it's are you saying that there difficult. are some podcast hosts mm, that eat breakfast that try to hypnotize you in their sound check? <laughs> no, I think you missed the point. The point there's been so many points made. I have a question. It's a it's a it's a navel gazing question, but here's the thing. By the way, I love gazing at naval things. I love gazing. Have you ever own. gazed at a, an aircraft carrier? <laughs> Are those it's ships? Impressive. I guess they are. Are they ships? Yeah. An aircraft carrier? Yeah. I guess it has to be. Well, you said naval, which means the navy. <laughs> uh, yeah, honey, an aircraft carrier is a ship. It, it's on the water. What? Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what an aircraft carrier is? No. <laughs> Wait. Tee hee, I'm dumb. <laughs> Wait, do you seriously not know what an aircraft carrier is? Um, define <laughs> define all of those terms. Define seriously. I mean, I have like through context, I have a sense of what it is, but I don't think I know what it actually looks like. Oh my god, that's wild. Have you ever have you seen Top Gun? Nope. Uh, that I would expect you not to have seen, but I can't. Bl- Wait, mind is blown. How can you not know what an aircraft carrier is? Well, want me to describe carrier- what I think it is? Yes. Okay. You know how on the tops of skyscrapers, there's like a helicopter landing? Yes. It looks like that, but it's a ship. Well, I mean, sort of. Yeah, it's like a massive, massive ship. And the top of it is just a giant runway. It Ooh, looks like a giant I'm runway. Right. Yeah, Ish. it's a giant runway with like a with a control tower and then, um, you know, big cables that go across so that... On the one end, they can lift the, the planes up out of the, the ship, the hold. like these elevators kind of mm-hmm. things. Uh-huh. They lift them up onto the runway, and then they wheel them out, uh, and then they can launch them off the back of the ship. And then on the other side of the ship is the landing side, and they have these cables, and the planes have little hooks on the bottom of them. Okay, all of this is news to me. Wow. Well, I want to say, excuse me, I was never a little well, boy. Well, no, what's weird is that like I have an uncle who was a pilot for the navy who was well, like I, okay who did this who was the young, youngest maybe i don't have an uncle who is one of those I, i've talked about it that's all i'm saying i'm not expecting you to be an, I, it's whatever you've not talked about aircraft carriers I have. i've been oh, okay maybe i haven't maybe i haven't <laughs> i have a whole story about going to an and being on an aircraft carrier well i that sounds familiar but i didn't know it was a ship well, it's okay. But were you were you thinking? No, never mind. Why can't they be on land? Why can't these aircrafts take off from land? <laughs> well, that would be the air force. So the difference between the navy 
and the and the Air Force is that the Air Force operates off of land, and the Navy operates off of the water. Well, and what and I was unaware that the Navy had planes. What, this I don't expect you to know anything about because you're not super into military stuff. I'm not even a little bit into the military, <laughs> stuff, although but, I know all, I know all four songs. So okay, from my okay, um, we'll get we'll get to that. Okay. The Case aircraft honest. carrier uh, strategically is valuable because it gives you. Uh, if you didn't have aircraft carriers, you would need to. You, when you had some sort of operation, you would need to have in order to have air power. You'd have to have a landing place. Okay, so like if you were in, if you were say wanting to uh, launch an invasion in a country where there were no allies that would give you. Uh, somewhere air you know land to mm-hmm. to uh, a landing strip yeah then you could move a carrier fleet in and you could still have air power um and it's mobile and there's all sorts of other benefits the um so yeah the uh we have a we have a number of them and they're all very impressive nuclear powered ships can i tell you in my mind how it works yeah the army runs around on the ground with guns the air force flies with weapons the navy does stuff in the ocean Uh and the marines they're special and they do all kinds of shit you're not wrong so then if a plane takes off of a ship that's the air force uh right it's it's a it's a i understand your confusion also there's the coast guard don't forget them they're in the military yeah they don't have a song do they yeah, it's like we are the Coast Guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, do 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 do. We like to sail our boats. That's not real. Uh, no, I don't know. Um, the Once again, we're tone zone here, but sadly, you're just stuck with a zone. A zone. Um, so the naval pilots are the the like ones when we talk about Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Those are naval. I had pilots. no what. Yeah. That is what a what a thinker. <laughs> and I think does everyone know that? I don't know if everyone. I mean, generally, when you think of like the uh, the Hornets and the uh, A, what is it, the A eighteens and the um, the Corsair and all of these like famous uh, sort of top. Sorry, I found the Coast Guard theme song, and we'll play it in a moment. It's sort of these oh, pop, pop culture fighter. Jets, those are Navy jets, but the Air There's Force fighter jets in pop culture. What did you? Well, say? when you talk about like Top Gun and you think okay. about the, you know, those. Uh, What's like a F sixteen? Oh God, I'm not. I'm not. An F sixteen. I That's think Air Force, is, right? I don't know. Okay. Uh, it's literally, I the think only it might be I Navy. I, people out there know. Um, the Air Force, though, they operate like the crazy, you know, like the stealth bombers and all of the big, huge cargo planes and all of the, like, bombers. And I don't know. I, I feel like with the Air Force, uh, you know, we have we have listeners out there who are in the armed forces. You can, you can let us know what the, you know, where we're wrong here. But it's like, I feel like their stuff is a little bit uh, crazier. Where It's sort of like... You know the the Navy's just like we've got guys who and gals who fight who who fly these like fighter jets, and in this the Air Force, not, I thought the Navy is like we are on a ship, and the Air Force has that, but they also have like everything else that you can think of that involves 
just crazy. But you're defining the Navy as we have got these fighter jets or whatever you just said. What do you mean? The Navy is we have ships. We do shit in the ocean. I and planes that fly off of those ships. (sighs) That is a bridge too far. (laughs) Yeah, honey, it's uh, it's wild. It's a wild, wild world. Would you like to hear the? Coast Guard theme song. This yeah, I'd love to. Semper Paratus. Okay, here we go. Paratus, we played four years ago because my son. So it's spoken word. Okay, dude. Now, so that's oh my god. One. The theme song to the Coast Guard is called Semper Paratus, which means always ready. This is children's music workshop. It's children playing this. And I like it so much that I kind of want to just let it play for a little bit longer. These are children playing this? Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah. It's, um, it's a very happy song. Yeah. I can imagine this being played at Disneyland. Yes. That is what it sounds like. It sounds like a Disney song. Okay, I was like, so oh, maybe you it's said like you could sing all four yeah, okay. of them. So here we go. Over hill, over dale, we will fight a dusty trail as those caissons go marching along. For it's high, high heave, count off your numbers loud and strong. Two, three, four. We are the... The army, army goes marching along. Or something like that. Okay, that's one. Um, the Another one is... Oh, fuck. Uh, the wild blue yonder. Uh, uh, off we go into the, into the wild, wild blue yonder. yonder. Flying high into, into the, the sky. sky. If you live to be a gray-haired... What is that one? What? Which one is that one? That's the same song. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> damn it. Okay, and then what's the Navy one? The Navy is... In uh, the Navy. <laughs> uh, I don't know, honey. You're the one that said you could sing them well, all. Well, I learned them all. This is what my private school education went to, but let's just look them up. Okay. The Navy the Na- By the way, we're recording this on the 4th of July. Oh, so yeah. Anchors Away is the Navy an- song. Yeah. Anchors Away, my, my boy. Here we go. Anchors Away. Ooh. This is some Enya-like buildup right here. The United States Navy. Okay. And so what are we missing? We're missing the Marines. Marines. The Marines now, I don't, are the Marines technically part of the Navy? Well, according to Mrs. Brockman, who taught our music class, yes. Ah! Sorry, that was very loud. Okay. In the land of the Tripoli. Tripoli. The halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. Okay. Well, this is fine. Okay. 
Hang on. No, we're going to yes. get all of them. We're completists. But, but got- let's just be clear. You did not know all four. Yeah, I did. I just couldn't remember them. No, you didn't get it. I fucking know them. I just couldn't remember oh, them. Oh, you know them, but you don't <sighs> what did remember we miss it? them. What did, did we get Air Force? Yes. Which one is that? Off we go into the wild blue yonder flying so, Air, what, so which is the army then? Well, that was the one you made up. The caissons? Yes. Caissons? Is that really the lyrics? Yeah, there's something called a caisson. Let's see here. March along, sing a song. Nope, this is not it. Not the one I know. I don't. Is this the army? What is I it don't called? Know what this is there a theme song? <laughs> <laughs> Hang is? on. The Cason song. Okay. This is an ad. You really need to. Literally called. In your face. You got it, honey. That's the army song. I feel like they need to update all those songs, though. Like they're quaint, right? And they're, like and they're nice, but computer, like computer. No, 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 no. Shh. They need to update them for modern sensibility. Like you know, something a little bit with a little bit more of a like a good beat and some sort of modern lyrics, and not so marchy, marchy. You know, horns. Do you want like and, some kind of like, um, like uh, who's who would be good to do this? Like um, my Chemical Romance. I don't know who th- I. I don't. I'm forgetting what they sound like, but something like electronic, Daft Punk. No, maybe like Lin Manuel or someone. You know, oh, something that's got a little sure. bit more of a, more swagger. So you know what. If this weren't a show, I would be like, I'm sorry, do we have all four? And I would force us to write it down, but I'm just going to move on because everyone would like me to. We got all four. I don't know that we did. We did. So it is July 4th. Mm-hmm. A happy white people Independence Day. Yeah. It's a weird year to be having a... Well, you know what? I was going to say it's a weird year to be having a July 4th celebration, but... I don't think anyone. I'm I not mean, hearing a lot of celebration. I mean, I, I'm on Twitter. I'm seeing that people are celebrating, <clears throat> but I'm not hearing much of it's it. It's such a weird. It's such a weird fucking year. I mean, I know, I know. We've been saying this. Wait, but it's you just, think this is weird? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> what? What specifically? It, but just the fact, just the fact that it's July Fourth is something I can't wrap my head around. You mean that it's that late in the year? It just like where we are in the calendar. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't know what this even means anymore. Usually, because usually, like, I don't know how you are, but it's like in my mind, it's not just a calendar that you move through during the year. You know, like a visualization of the year. But there's also like these sort of. It's like if you're if it's like if you have a a, a commute right, and there's mm-hmm. a this drive that you do every day and there's certain landmarks right? and those landmarks indicate that you're getting close to another thing and those landmarks. So you kind of have this mental sort of idea of where you are so that when you get to your destination, you've checked all those things off. Right. And, but 
excuse me, words, sometimes you'll be distracted or like in a fugue state. Yeah, and you're like, how you did show I get up here? there. That's what this feels yes, like. Yes, exactly. And right. That's perfect. And, and so it's like, wait a minute, what? Did, yes. Was I asleep while we right. were going through this drive? Like, how the fuck did we get to midsummer? Right. Well, that and- is that sort of like... Didn't you say that you were feeling really like disconnected and disassociated a little bit from what was going on mm-hmm. and you were told that that's from lack of stimulation? I might have said that. Oh, do you not remember already? I feel like I've said that. Yes. So we actually broke up our monotony. We visited my parents yesterday for the first time since is- all of this started and it was... You guys, you know, if you've listened to me for any length of time, you know, I have a little bit of a complicated relationship. I'm very fortunate that they're still around. Uh, I have a bit of a complicated relationship with my parents. So it can be, um, it can be, I feel like triggering is too strong, but I can't think of a, what's minorly triggered? It can be anxiety-inducing sometimes to visit them. Yeah. And yet, I feel like because we've done nothing for four months or and they've done i don't know it was like a very peaceful pleasant visit we got covid tests yeah that was the day before that was two days before it's it's really scary um to this unknown thing right and and you're like well i feel like there's not much of a risk but the the analogy i use is it's like um you know someone said to you here, you can buy a lottery ticket, same odds as winning the lottery, except winning means that someone you love dies. Would you buy that lottery ticket? You know, and you're like, no, why? Why would I buy that lottery ticket? And so, even though it feels like, ah, there's no, you know, it'd be fine, you just think, like, yeah, but, but, ugh, what are the odds? I don't know. So, well, getting. My parents the- are older and in a high risk group. So, that's the fear is that, like, whereas I feel like if you or I got it, we're, feel like we're probably not going to die well, but odds of course, are, who knows odds but are like, better that we would do, that doesn't mean we yes. would it just means that the odds are more in our favor than they would be in theirs you mean so, that we would live there's no that game. we would survive right right but whereas with them i feel like it's the sense this the feeling i have is like if my dad were to get it he's not going to survive it would just be it just feels like yeah yeah especially because um, he has asthma as well so uh but we got the covid test and we're negative and yes sometimes those can be like faulty but it just felt like that combined with the fact that we've been in such like lockdown yeah. that was yeah huge for the two weeks prior we we were already on a strict lockdown and we w- were even stricter like i rescheduled a, a gynecologist appointment yeah and uh we've been extra 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 careful so on the thursday show last week it was joe quazala tony and lisa curry and they had all been tested some of them more than once. So I get the sense that some people are testing sort of frequently. And I can imagine if we are going to start seeing my parents more often, I can imagine getting the test more often. Like this was our, we had had the antibody test, which I had to have a blood test anyway. So I just tacked it on and then Daniel got one as well. We were negative for the antibody, um, but we hadn't had the actual test. So yeah. this was my first experience with that. Uh, I don't know how it is in other states. In LA, you it, it's a free test. You, it's a bit of a um, 
it's a bit of a clusterfuck online to find a place that's open and then you show up and it's we did the drive through one and it took how long do you think it took like an hour and a half no it was like two hours it was about two hours i guess it, we sorry yeah. go ahead well no it was like you get into the car line and the you know the it moves at okay pace like so you think that it, oh this is gonna be sort of fast yeah but then they do that thing it's like a huge parking lot where that disneyland does where they hide the line yeah so it's like you drive into the parking lot and you see all the spots right there next to you. are like oh this is gonna be fine and then you turn a corner and then there's more and then you turn a corner and there's more and there's more and then it loops around and it zigzags and you're like oh this took two hours mm-hmm. which i was thinking about it let me go off on a slight tangent here but it's like this First of all, of course, it's brilliant because, like, how much how much easier is it to wait in line at Disneyland than I don't know at a place like uh, Knott's Berry Farm where they don't hide the lines or something? You know, when you walk up to a, a line and you just see how massive it is, you walk away. It's just like, oh fuck this, and walk away. Like, but if like you walk out of going to Costco, I but if you. Wait. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that Disneyland versus Knott's have different line hiding strategies. I think Disneyland pioneered the line hiding mm. and really just is on another level with that. Because you can walk in and it's just they enter each little area is right. entertaining in its own way. And sometimes you'll walk and you'll see the ride like pull up. Yes. And you think I'm almost there. And actually you're you're like Days 45 away. minutes away. Yeah. Um, but psychologically, like if you see that massive line, you're just like, fuck that noise. Even though that that line might be half as long right. as the Disneyland line, mm. and it's like in life, this is actually some. This is a good. This is good to keep in mind. This metaphor. I remember when I was. I'm still waiting for when it. When I was running uh, regularly, um, the first time, first few times you do a, a jog, like let's say I'm, I'm going to do four miles, you know, and I'm going to do this like route. Thinking of it as like four miles, it's like, ugh. yeah. But then after you do it for a while, you know, like, okay, I'm going to run to the church. You know, you have these, like, you don't stop thinking of it in terms of, because you get to know the route. You stop thinking of it in terms of, like, four miles. You start thinking of it in in chunks. Mm -hmm. Like, you go, like, you know, and so those are short. And then you go, okay, now I'm going to jog to this street. Now I'm going to jog to this street. And in life, it's like, if you you can get yourself to think like that, hide the line. Mm. Oh, I see what you're saying. So so there's a thing. Yes, like a... Uh, you go ahead. Well, like if there's a thing you want to accomplish, yeah, whatever it is, break into chunks. I want to learn to play the guitar, uh, or I want to uh, do this project. I want to build this thing. It's like if you think of it in terms of the final project, the distance between you and the end result is so huge that you're just right. like, ah, fuck it, I can't. Like the line is too long. But if you go, no, no, I'm going to hide the line. It's going to, I'm going to be like, I'm not going to learn to play the guitar. I'm not going to be Stevie Ray Vaughan. Like that is too far away. Mm-hmm. That's too much of a line. But uh, what I am going to do is I'm going to learn to play like three chords and that's going to be an accomplishment. Yeah, I've heard because uh, I, I used to bookmark a lot of productivity websites and blogs. Yeah. That was what I did. That mm-hmm. was, that's what I accomplished. So fun. I have quite a list. Bookmark. <laughs> bookmarking. Bookmarking. I, my just, bookmarks are really all, they're all disorganized You should now. do a YouTube video about how to bookmark how to bookmark websites. I remember pitching a story to the editor of the OC Weekly once. This was in the early days of the web where I was like, what if every website I encountered, I went to it and I had to keep going to the next one. He's like, "Mm, no, (laughs) he didn't think that was a good idea. Oh, like physically went to it. No, just like I, I remember being like, 
what? There's a website on my Diet 7 Up. There's a website on my artificial sweetener. Like, what if I actually went to those? No wonder they were dying to get rid of you. (laughs) They weren't dying to get rid of me. They were relieved when you left. Like a huge... Are you basing this on what my mom said yesterday? Yes. (laughs) Because that was Time Out in New York. Oh, what is this one we're talking about? OC Weekly. So they both felt that way. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Can we talk about that my mom's like... So we get there, and I would say within the first two, the first 10 minutes, she has like heartily insulted me accidentally twice. Now, mm, I don't. She wasn't insulting you. She was just reminding you of something someone else said that was insulting. Yeah, you. no, that's what I'm talking about. And she's like, I, Can I ask you a question? Uh, have you ever noticed that when you watch a movie and they do a close up of someone's hair? <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's never as straight as yours. I don't think she intended. No, she that, didn't. And I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? Like, she's like, always more frizz than yours. It was, it was so weird. It was like back and forehanded. Um, there's always like more frizz. Than, it's never as straight as you make yours. And I was like, do you, and I, for a second, I'm like, does she mean like when you see a movie star in the wild she's like no but i mean it's a scene in the movie so it's how they want it to be it's like a well it's never as straight as yours and finally what we decided upon and i said to her daniel thinks my hair should have more volume just to like give her you know and what we decided on was it's like you're seeing it so big and i said to her mine has would have that too if you got really close to it yeah or because they back come i don't know i she was not trying to insult me it just came out weird well, I think like when you there, there, there's things they put in their hair to fill it out. Like they don't, no one wants their hair when they're getting photographed to look like yours. They want it to look. <laughs> you know what I mean? They want it to look. No one would do what I do to my hair. They want it to look more attractive. They don't I, want it to be like and just like just. Is that what sound my hair makes? It's just like someone poured tar on your head. <laughs> well, it's your just hair dripping down the side of your head. I'm just telling you what your mom said. I'm not saying I think that. I'm just paraphrasing your mom. Listen, I have straightening orexia. And by that, I mean, I don't feel like it looks good unless I have made it stick straight. Now, I know that I sacrifice a little body and volume. It's okay. I don't, I don't mind. I mean, I'm really seeing the grays in your hair today. I know. My, my hair color sort of hides mm-hmm. how much gray there is but there's quite a bit these days so maybe i should dye it what do you think oh what would you do i don't know what color should i go i would love to have dark hair no. but see you know what i really i would like the dark eyebrows all you you have eyebrow privilege because you because you have dark eyebrows you don't have to think you, there are things you don't have to worry about in life like having no visual contrast on your face has elliot heard you talk about the eyebrows because elliot is sort of obsessed with eyebrows and told me that he didn't he wished his eyebrows were darker and then yesterday he was like he did yes oh geez he's he's inheriting my neuroses (laughs) now he told he's like owen has brown eyebrows and daddy has brown eyebrows and i have brown eyebrows and what do you and you have he looked at me he goes black eyebrows and like I feel like he, what his relationship to eyebrows is what a lot of people are to like eyeballs, 
like Owen has blue eyes and I have brown eyes and you know what I mean? Like I feel like he thinks that there's like a significance to eyebrows. I've never discussed eyebrows with him. So I don't know. Has he heard you talking to yourself about your eyebrows? No. What were we talking about though? My mom yeah, and COVID so, tests. Okay. So hair. your mom your mom said the thing about the hair. What was the other thing? She you said she insulted you twice. Oh, it was like didn't you find out something like you if you hadn't quit timeout, they would have fired you and then you could have gotten unemployment? Weren't you bummed about that? Or something like that. And like I was they like, they were going to fire you. Yeah. And her, like she, she's on the, she has the understanding that you were going to get fired. Wh- right. Which I think is not necessarily untrue, but I never <laughs> lamented. I never lamented that I had quit. I was fine with that. Um, what she is confusing it, it, what she, the, she conflated a couple things. So whatever date I quit, yeah, let's set the record straight. Yes. Are you being serious? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but this is helpful to someone. What I'm about to say. Oh, that's right. The thing about the beginning of the month. I don't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. when I, like, whenever, I think that I quit near the end of the month, and had I quit at the beginning of the next month, then I would have had the rest of the month of health insurance or something. I later looked it up, and, like, there's definite advice about, if you're going to quit a job, which I realize is not really um, timely for anyone right now, probably, but back but when things are happening again and people have gainful employment that they might quit, look up when to quit because it... You your benefits last longer if you quit on a certain time of the month, and I didn't didn't know that. So I had said to her, "Oh, I wished that I had quit at a different right. time of the month." Then I later, but I think it's possible. Had I not quit, I later would have been shit canned. Um, but I never lamented that I didn't quit. I never lamented quitting. I think she was saying that you, you regretted the thing about the health insurance. She wasn't saying that. I re- this is not interesting. I reminded her. Oh, I she, know. <laughs> I reminded her. Anyway, but she, the way she said that thing about whatever. You know what? Let's move on. Okay. Um, so the COVID tests. We they were super about easy. Once you got it, it wasn't the back of the throat Here's thing. the thing. Yes. It was just a che- Here's the thing, though. They tell you not to drink for 20 minutes beforehand. Yeah. And I didn't drink from the time we left our house to, to when we got there. So I was real parched. And then we got there and they're like, okay, now it's like you could have. Yes. Because they don't. You know. But then you have to cough three to five times beforehand to like bring the COVID up into your mouth before the cheek swab. And I really gave those coughs my all. And yeah. I had a little bit of a sore throat the next day. Yeah, me too. Did you? Uh, who would have well, thought making your, who would have thought making yourself cough could harm you? I anticipated you? that a bit because like I was thinking this is going to hurt a little to try to really cough when I don't need to cough, especially when you're all dried out. Yeah, um, but we, yeah, it was super easy. People should do it. Do um, it. Should we listen to a call? Okay. And then we got our results a little bit over 24 hours the next day. Yeah, and we we're negative. Okay. Hey, Allison and Daniel. I hope you're doing well. This is Rick from New York. Uh, just checking in again. Had a couple of kind of quick random thoughts. Uh, Allison, I know you like the word simulacrum. Um, actually, when you first mentioned that on the show, I, I connected with me because I grew up in Mexico, and that's the word we use for a drill, like a fire drill, earthquake drill. It's a simulacro de incendios or the temblor. 
So right away, and I've never heard it in English, so it's really funny that you brought that up. Um, I love the last Thursday show. You had the discussion about that weird toilet paper that one of your guests had. Uh, we did something similar when we were, weren't sure how to find toilet paper. We got it on Amazon. Turns out it was this Portuguese brand called Renova. Um, it advertises itself as the sexiest paper on earth, which it's not. It's green and not a festive green like my wife insists. It's kind of radioactive. It dissolves really easily, and it smells like my grandmother, so I really wouldn't recommend it. Um, but it's what we had to go with for a little while until things started stocking back up. Um, and just a quick JMO, um, as I'm walking my dog in the evenings, I sometimes you know, can help peek in people's windows here in New York. Um, and sometimes I try to guess what people are watching if I catch a glimpse of their TV. You know, Jeopardy is the easiest to figure out what they're watching, but sometimes it's like, what is that? Um, so, yeah, just finding ways of trying to amuse myself while we're still, even though things are opening up, we're being extra careful. We're not ready to go out and eat and drink and what have you. So just still taking DC and uh, writing it out. Hope you're doing well. Again, uh, Daniel, this is Rick from New York. Um, thanks a lot. Bye. <sighs> I totally do that. When, when yes. I, I don't walk Wendy like I used to, but um, at, the best is like evening time, walking your dog in the neighborhood and just w- looking in everyone's windows. It, and it's not because, um, you know, I'm some weird perv. Well, but I, are you but suggesting that doesn't mean I'm not. Rick is? No, no. I'm relating to Rick. Mm-hmm. I'm explaining. But there's something about, you know, if you just go out on the street, you don't see a whole lot of people, at least here in LA. Um, and so you can get a sense that there's no one here. Mm-hmm. But actually, there's a ton of people here. They're just all behind their doors and their homes. So when you walk and you see their windows open and the lights on, it gives you a sense of like community. Um, and then the TV thing, I totally do that. Uh, just yesterday, when we got off the freeway... <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. When we got off the freeway, you commented that the guy was watching Rick and Morty. There's a there is a bungalow. Do you remember what you referred to the bungalows as? Bungies. Little bungies. Because <laughs> they're like tiny bungalows. <laughs> tiny little bungies. Uh, so you get off on the exit and then there's like a stoplight and at a T intersection sort of, right? And so you're looking straight ahead into the living room of a little bungie. <laughs> And they had their TV on, and I was like, oh, they're watching Rick and Morty, which is great. Um, but I, I thought, well, how miserable to live there. In a tiny bungee by the freeway? Where basically your living room window, all night and all day, cars are just, you know, especially at night, like all their headlights are shining into your your place constantly. Our bedroom windows look out on our backyard and I still keep the curtains closed all the time. So it amazes me people yeah. whose bungee faces the freeway. I know. And I'm just always got, amazed yeah. at people who just generally have their living room uh, right. blinds open. There are people in our old neighborhood who would have these, you know, we lived in a neighborhood that had older houses and in LA those older houses usually have like lots of archways mm-hmm. and things like that. And so like there would be these big, huge living room windows with giant arches, okay, and no curtains. Mm-mm. So, like, they couldn't. And and I I was I've always been like mystified by these people. Like, you're on stage constantly. Every time you're in your house, people on the street can just see what you're doing. Does that not bother you? And I have to share. How? I think I might have shared. I don't think I've ever 
I don't know how much I've, if I've ever, this is going to be so disappointing given the halting way I just started that. So these same people who are across the street from us, the ones where I'm pretty sure they sacrificed the chicken for that Jewish holiday. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was upsetting. They did, I think. I didn't see the actual sacrifice, but I saw the chicken like trying to run away from them. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, there was a toddler who was like always screaming and crying over there. Yeah, and I was just I like, remember that. what is going like, on? Like just screaming. Yeah. What is going on over there? I hope everything's okay. As someone who now has two toddlers, I can say nothing was nothing, <laughs> nothing bad. Nothing, nothing bad was going on. <laughs> yeah, the stuff that. Uh, oh my god, Elliot's. Oh boy, um, you know, there's like this constant expectation that you can read his mind. You know that you know he wanted to do something that he wanted to do that he never told you he wanted to do. Like, but you should know. Like, he freaked out yesterday morning because. He puts Wendy's scoop of dog food in her dog bowl, and then he puts the bowl on the ground. I hold the bowl while he puts the food in, and then I give it to him, and he puts it on the ground. And I don't know what happened, but I put it on the ground. And he was so, like, betrayed. And then the only way to get him to settle down is to undo it all and try. I mean, it's she, just like, You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they plotted together, because I'm like, fine. And I just gave her more food, and we redid it. Yeah, I'm... I wish I could remember some examples, but a lot of it is just crazy. What was the thing yesterday where you had deciphered what it was you wanted? He uh, was asking where something was, and he, he wanted to ask you where it was, and he wanted you to tell him. Oh, God. Anyway, it's just like... <laughs> and it was on the counter? Or so, is that what you mean? Yeah. It, the details aren't important. The, the, fact, the fact is, like, you, you're just being fucked with. <laughs> you're just being fucked with by this kid. But, of course... You know, obviously he's not, he's not trying to, but it's, oh man. So yeah, the, the, the breakdown and the screaming and the crying and the, oh my God. Unrelated, but related to Elliot. Can I tell you, mm-hmm. uh, have you noticed that there's four times, <clears throat> four times of day, morning time, daytime, evening time, nighttime. <laughs> morning Yesterday time he was trying to decipher time. afternoon. Oh. In the car. He was trying, he was trying to get me to explain afternoon to him. Yeah, I can see how that's confusing because especially this time of year where it's like it's light really late Mm -hmm. and we're calling it night. Right. Even though it's still sort of light outside. Um, But I just mean the fact that he thinks morning is called morning time. Like he puts the word time at everything. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. He's been... He's been much better with Owen though lately and Owen is starting to Owen's reaching an age where he starts to be get fun. Yeah. Like about one and a half is where they start to really start to develop that personality and he's just he's laughing a lot, he's walking a little late, but he's starting to walk. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. And and how would you describe Owen's personality? Uh, I think that he is, how do you describe the personality of a one-year-old? Um, he is a fairly light spirit. (laughs) Uh, he doesn't seem to get like really sad about things. He, he puts up with a lot. Like, I think he puts up with a lot more than Elliot put Mm -hmm. up with. 
Elliot will get upset about things. And um, Owen's pretty chill. Because <laughs> <laughs> you described him as like a simple guy before, and not and not like not. He's you don't a, mean he, not smart, but he's like, a man of of simple tastes, right? Simple needs, like the little <laughs> the little things really amuse him. He doesn't need all the bells and whistles. Just you know, put a thing on a thing and then take it away. <laughs> That's all he needs. And his little he gets he has these little projects. Yeah, he just gets very like focused on his business, and that <laughs> he has to do his business. And like, how would you describe Elliot, personality wise? Uh. I don't know. He's also he's a he's a he's silly. Like he's a performer. Mm-hmm. He is like a little ham and cheese. Like he 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 likes to joke around and and laugh. Um, I think he feels things very deeply. He's very sensitive. Um, and it's honestly like I think a lot about how my job is a father is to protect that while toughening him up like so it's going to be a very like tricky thing of making sure that he can survive this world without closing his heart off and becoming calloused like i want him to i want him to always be sensitive and feel things deeply but i don't want him to to be so exposed that he can't survive and deal with the the difficulties and of life so mm-hmm. it's uh it's gonna be tricky you know um but i think that's you know that's what it means to be uh a man in our society which is i think to be a really good man is to be sensitive and tough i mean really a woman too but i mean specifically the, we teach men to be only tough you know men are men are, tra- are taught to be you you have to be tough and the and any kind of uh, sensitivity is a weakness. And what I'm saying is, no, you've got to find the way to be both. And that's actually even tougher. Mm-hmm. So a man who can be strong and tough and not be so closed off and have no relationship with his emotional life, uh, you know, that that actually is a lot harder because, you know, in a way, it's like closing that. Am I, not, am I making sense? Yes. It, closing that part off is easier. Like if I just shut down my emotional life, then I don't have to worry. Right. I'm I mean, not I vulnerable. Think, I think the black and white is always the extremes are always easier. Right. But if you're like, it's kind of like when people say, "Oh, the definition of bravery in, involves fear," right? Because you can't be brave if you're not afraid. It's kind of like that. It's like you can't really be strong. You can't define yourself as strong and tough if there's nothing at stake. You know? Like if you if you have no emotional life, that's not tough. That's just calloused. But if you're like, no, I'm risking heartbreak and mm-hmm. I'm dealing in the like deep emotional parts of life but i'm going forward anyway and i'm risking heartbreak and i'm risking pain and all of that stuff then that's tough well this brings me to something that i've been wanting to ask it's been like on my list of questions to ask people on the thursday show forever and in fact i remember once emailing the guest being like i might talk about this tonight and i think you were like jesus why would you want to talk about that it's too dark um so i'm just gonna ask you oh boy 
And also, is my face red? No. It feels red. Maybe a little pink. I feel like I'm experiencing what I used to refer to as penis face, where my face gets kind of red and swollen. Awesome. Do you know about the penis face calendar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what's the question? (laughs) Anyway, what's the greatest heartbreak you've experienced? Heartbreak? Or what are some of them? Because the weird thing is that like when I initially posited the question, which I never fully, fully went all the way with, I was thinking my responses are going to be these two, weirdly, these two guys in New York um, where I had these short relationships with them that were like very, it was very confusing to me. They didn't have, they were both kind of like faded away. They didn't have real ends. And I was surprised at how hard it was for me to get over them I think because it was like, I was just like, what the fuck was that? I was so baffled by it. It, it But really, the when I think of heartbreak, that wasn't heartbreak. Like, the heartbreak I've experienced have been like, loss, you know, grief and losses. So maybe I need to change my question. It's more like, what relationship was the hardest for you to get over? You answer however you want. I just threw a lot at you. Oh, uh, yeah, because I was going to say, like, heartbreak is hard to define, you know, like... Uh, there were girls that I had crushes on or sort of relationships with earlier in my life. And, you know, for whatever reason, like we broke up or it didn't work out and I felt like crushed by that. Um, But that was like a whole different thing than like when my last relationship ended. I think it took me a while to get over it. Um. You know, I think that when you're with somebody, even if you know it's not right for you in the long term. Because you you're know, re- you were in a relationship for seven years before six, you and I got yeah, together. Six and a half years. Yeah. And it was like, you know, um, we were close and we lived together and she was my family, you know, for that period of time. And um, so even though I, I like knew it was the right thing, um, it, it took me a while to get over like losing you know you 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 care about a person you know you love them and they're out of your life suddenly and it's like it's traumatic and then did you think maybe you guys should try to get back together uh i definitely uh wondered that there were certain things that like every time i would go like maybe it could work you like you know i'm i miss her and i want to like in, but then you go like there were certain things where you're like I don't know how to resolve that thing, you know. I mean, there were reasons why it didn't work out, and you know, um, once you remember what those things were, it's like I don't, I don't. It's just. Did you guys give it a go though? No, you didn't. But I thought you Mm-mm. both were wanting to get back together for a little period of time, or just maybe. Mm-mm. No, we became. I we we reconnected and um, sort of. We're back in each other's lives for a little bit, uh, but there was never like a we should get back together. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe I don't. I can't. I can't speak for her. Did you ever sleep together after you broke up? No. Really? No, we didn't. <laughs> Look at you with your clean cleanness. I don't, clean I, breakups. I just. Can I share with them what? the? morning of our second date you had been helping a friend move and i found out it was her 
I think I told you that at some point. You did. Yeah. yeah. No, it wasn't a secret, but you didn't tell me that day. You just said you were helping a friend. Yeah. Move. I mean, you and I were new and I didn't. We were just, we, we were brand new and we were just friends. And I, yeah, I helped her move. And um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I was there for her for a while and then I, and then I sort of let her down and it was, I don't know, it's, like, it's not worth getting into, but um, yeah, I mean, I still miss her as a person, you know, that I, it's like. It was a part of your life. Shh. Yeah, like you just wish that there was a way to kind of check in and and every time I've felt like, oh, you know, I should reach out and just I just feel selfish, you know? Mm-hmm. Like like I'm doing this for my sake. I don't know how it would affect her. It's sort of like I can imagine getting an email out of the blue from somebody and it being like, ugh, like someone stabbed you in the chest. So I don't know. Do you have, can you inquire about how she's doing from mutual We don't have friends? any mutual friends. Not even that one friend? I don't think he's in touch with her. Mm. So like, that's one of the bummers. I can't really, and she shut me off on Facebook or whatever. So She I blocked you? Yeah. Uh, it's, I understand. I could find it. her. My stomach just growled. I bet in she's excitement. blocked you. I oh, bet, really? Yeah, I bet she has. Um, we can we can get around this. I don't know. I want to give her her privacy. She, it's like if she doesn't want me to see, she doesn't want me to see. Like that's fine. I respect that. Uh, I just want to make. I just want her to be happy. I want all. I want to know is that she's happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, but uh, heartbreak, and then there's like yeah, and then there's like death, right? Like. You, that's a different kind of heartbreak, isn't it? What's so, a situation where you were like, I have like I have to pick myself up off the floor and like rebuild again? Maybe the breakup. I I'm answering for you. Jesus, Maybe a breakup this, this from question. her. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, like I don't know if I've ever felt it in that sense. You know, like. Uh, I'm so devastated that I can't like get off the floor. Well, what about when you, when you couldn't do your student film? Cause you didn't, you didn't, you weren't able to raise the money that you needed to do your student film in college. Like I know that that was like a very big, Oh, thing that wasn't a money issue. Oh. That was, um, I wasn't chosen the faculty at, at USC. Did I just do to you what my mom did to me? No, it's fine. Uh, at USC undergrad production so I went to film school and the production program for graduate students and for undergrads is basically the same the main difference is that they let every grad student make uh, a final project and they only let four undergrads every semester make a final project which includes all classes which so it's like a ridiculously small amount of kids actually get to make a final film and um and the process this is one of the things i have a real problem with usc with but it's like it's extremely competitive and um the um there's a whole selection process and i just did i went into it totally naive without any uh <laughs> i was so fucking naive i just thought like i'm going to art school and it's gonna be like we all get to make art together and it's like usc's like no kid this is a fucking just a boot camp for the film business and the competitive nature of the film business and it's like okay well that's not what i wanted um 
but uh, the first stage is that like they weed down your class to a certain number of kids who are allowed to even pitch to be the ones who make that film, and I didn't make that cut, and I w- I felt I should have made that cut because I felt like I had shown myself to be. Uh, my my film that I'd made previously had been really good, and I didn't realize that there was like a whole there was like a whole game you had to play that I just wasn't aware of and didn't know I had to play. That when I when I found out that I couldn't pitch to do the final film was devastating. It was absolutely devastating. I did not know how to handle that um, because to me. Without that film, I had nothing to show for film school. I didn't have, you know, I had other kids that went to, that I was in, uh, uh, that were peers in my class whose parents could give them money to make movies. This is back in like 95. And in 95, in order to make a film, you had to shoot it on film. You had to like go out and, you know, and editing, like, editing. Uh, equipment was extremely expensive. Like everything was really fucking expensive. Like to make a an eight minute. Later, when I tried to make an eight minute film, it was like thirty thousand dollars. Like I didn't have that money, and so like this was my only chance. If I wanted to direct movies, if I wanted to make movies, this was it. And I didn't even get the chance to pitch myself to the faculty. And without that, it's like I was graduating that year at the end of the year, and it was like. Sorry, kid, you have... Did a lot of you feel that way? No, I don't know how anyone else felt. I know other kids who didn't get selected went off and made films anyway because their parents gave them the money or whatever. And and you know what? I don't blame them. It's like, these are my friends. Like, God bless. And they made cool movies and like, I'm happy for them. But I didn't, I couldn't. For me, I had to get work because I didn't have anyone paying my rent. And so for me, it was just like, that was it. I didn't Now, That doesn't mean that there weren't other ways to have gotten there, but like to me, I didn't know how. And I went to the faculty. I would, they, they had this guy who was like, a, um, this fucker, man, I have so much bitterness. I have a lot of bitterness towards USC. I gotta just be honest about it. But the, they had hired this guy who was this former agent at William Morris, a really famous agent. He was retired and they put him on staff at the film school and his job was to help students like after like you know sometimes in a very like, like the career department yeah basically sometimes like he had a rolodex and it's like with some kids it was like he's going to literally just get you work mm-hmm. like he's going to introduce you to people and you'll be able to do that but or just be an advisor or whatever and you could have you know schedule a meeting and he could help you and so i i did that i was like i have no idea what to do like and so I had this meeting with him and he's like, all right, well, you know, what do you want to do? And I told him, well, I want to write and direct. And, and I'm like, but I don't know how to do it. And he's like, well, you're just going to have to write and direct then. <laughs> and it's like, you are the most useless fucker I've ever like, no shit, Sherlock. I have to fuck. Oh, really? Asshole. Like, how about giving me some actual fucking advice, you dipshit? Uh, but but I had friends who was like, you know, I guess if I wanted to be a cinematographer or something, it's like, okay, I can get you like as a first, you know, or assistant camera on this show or whatever. Um, so I was just like, I was, this is, I don't want to get into my whole, I mean, I do want to, but I'm going to bore everybody. <laughs> <laughs> of course I want to. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, 
what were we talking about? Oh, heartbreak. Mm-hmm. That was that was probably my biggest heartbreak. Um, because I think I understood on a deep level that that if I was ever going to be able to do this thing, it was now an infinitely harder for me. And there's no there's no guarantee that if I had gotten that film that it would have gone my way. It's not like the kids who did the, do those movies went on to have like big successful film careers. Uh, or rather, as directors, um, some of them have had successful careers, but not as directors. Uh, but um, yeah, I was just—I uh, I knew I, I knew there was no other way for me to make a movie, and um, I didn't know how how to get there otherwise. Mm-hmm. And so that was—it uh, was like the death of a, of a dream. And how um, old were you when that happened? And not just a dream, but a belief that I could really do this. Because every time I had directed and every time I did, I felt like I can do this. This is mm-hmm. really like something I can do and I can do well. And I was just like, I'm not going to be able to do this. Well, how old was I? Mm-hmm. 21. That's so interesting because mine happened when I was 21 too. Yeah. Yeah. And then just the realities of trying to survive and make a living. And it just was too much to to try to like figure out how to do that and be on any kind of track to, to be a director or whatever. Like it just like, it's a whole long story. My story. Uh, the Daniel Quant, the, the Daniel DQ Quant- method story. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's happening with Quabi? I should do it. I, the reason I haven't done it now is cause I don't, I think people will be like, huh? Because I'm so far from the initial joke. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't do it. Weeks ago, because Black Lives Matter, it felt too trivial and stupid mm-hmm. to be doing this silly thing. And now I don't think people n- even know what I'm talking about with Quabi. But I'll, I, I'll do it. Oh, this week I think I'm going to do some Twitch. If you want to, hey, if you want to like hang out and chat with me, uh, sign up for Twitch because I'm going um, to, I'll tweet it out and then I'll just kind of hang out. And we can just chit chat or whatever. Let's talk about the pregnancy test, which I've now, I talked about it on Childish. Um, and then I posted a photo of the pregnancy test that said not pregnant. And people were like, oh my God, you're trying for a third, blah, blah, blah. And I just want to clarify. Okay. So my period was super duper late. My period has been sort of irregular lately. And it was super duper late. And like for, it, it came on day 40. But before that, I was like, Oh my God, could I be pregnant? I don't feel pregnant. It doesn't make sense. But if I go to a doctor, the first thing they're going to do is, you know, they're going to want to know. And I can't say a hundred percent I'm not. So I'll just take a pregnancy test. And in between when I decided to take the test and when I actually got the result, I was like, Oh my God, what if, like, what if this is sort of like Wendy Molyneux who had been trying forever? to get pregnant Mm -hmm. and didn't think she could. She'd even gone to my fertility doctor. Um, And then, you know, she she was fostering these two boys and then they ended up adopting those boys. And I think at that point, I don't want to speak for her, but I think at that point she was like, well, we have three, you know, because she has her her Mm -hmm. older one. Um, You know, we've got a full family now. And Mm -hmm. so we're not going to keep trying. I'm not going to keep trying to get pregnant. And then like miraculously, she got pregnant. Right. Completely naturally. Um, and you hear those stories and I was like, 
you know, what if, like, yes, it took so much intervention and so much money and so much work to get pregnant the last two times. I don't even think I can get naturally pregnant. I have endometriosis, et cetera. But what if it's just, oh my God, like I, and I almost wonder if more than wanting a kid, it was like the ego boost of like, I'm a miracle. <laughs> I'm a miracle at my age with my, you know, um, and also. Like People Magazine would do a feature oh on Oh my you. God. And like, like el- elderly moms. Is- <laughs> That'd be so terrible. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Can you believe this woman had a baby I at know. her age? <laughs> it really would be like that. Yeah. Um, but also, I think with quarantine, just, you know, for the last many years the kind of the focus of my life has been pregnancy and it's like even though I hated being pregnant it's something I know and you know it would just like give shape to my life right now at a time where everything's up in the air so anyway I was surprised but I was really kind of devastated when it said not pregnant even though it's like fucking of course I wouldn't be and then I tried to talk to you about it <laughs> and that was not a very good conversation for me personally. Cause I was so happy. That you <laughs> I, know. I wasn't very sensitive to how it affected to what me. I was actually saying. I was just immediately thinking about what it meant to me. And I was like, <laughs> although if we had another one, of course I would come around on it, but geez. I thought you would leave me and go to Mexico. That's what you told me. <laughs> I wouldn't, but the, um, the idea of having another kid right now, it's just like, it's like, I, I just, ugh. I, I, I can't get over how relieved I am that Owen is now out of his baby. Newborn. Like every phase he gets into, I'm happy he's not in the phase he just was in and I won't have to do that again. Um, so the idea of like, no, do it all again. It's just, oh, I'm so sick of that. Like, you know, ugh, but that is all about me. And of course, there was the whole thing you were dealing with. So I think that's why it was. Well, you were just like, satisfying. if we had like endless money and da 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 and da da da, <laughs> then maybe. But I mean, aside from even your health and da da da, like, I was just like, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm not saying I want another baby. And all you were hearing was she's saying she wants another baby. All I was saying was well, there's a lot I of was, fear. Yeah, that I was I was having, which is like, oh shit, she wants an, a third, and I really don't want a third. It's all I could think about. Right, and I was like, no, I'm just trying to talk to you about how I was surprised at my disappointment with this test like i was surprised because i didn't think i wanted another one that's all i was you know to what say. you should do before have, you start talking to me no no what <laughs> you, before you should before you bring something up to me like with an email tell me, give oh, me a subject line okay so like uh you go daniel i want to talk to you about how i'm disappointed that this this and that that'll focus my mind where you want it to be as opposed to me just reacting to the the general content on my, you know, so you like, want me to send an email ahead of time and then set an agenda? Oh my God. Could you do that you every time? On calendar? <laughs> but I feel like you don't read my emails usually. I really don't. So what's well, the best way to get emails, it in front of your eyes? But so most of your emails aren't like you communicating with me. They're like forwards of things and stuff. So Right. Whatever. Not like funny ha ha No, things. like Trump memes. Like, <laughs> hey. No, they're like the things that are... 
In the same way that you forward me the messages from CVS telling me that my prescription right. is ready for it go to you for some reason. Right. Um, but anyway, then afterwards, I realized that I do. I all of a sudden was like, oh, my God, I long to have a third. What is this feeling? But I think it's that I long to have a third in the face of the knowledge that I can't. I don't think right. I really this is like to. wanting to go to a party you weren't invited to, but you don't really want to go to the party. Yes. Um. Yeah, I do wonder I, if 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 we made more money, if I would feel differently about this. Part of part of it is like I just don't know how we would do three in this house with our mm-hmm. life, with our income. Like it's I just don't like know. I feel like if this is not the right house for three, I don't. We don't have the right yeah. cars for three. Yeah, it just doesn't. I don't know how we would do it. Right. You know, but if we had like you know, we could have like we have a guest house and we can put a nanny in there, and then it's like, well, maybe I could do three. And I mean, it's. I was thinking yesterday. I was looking at Owen and. I was like, wow, I love Owen as much as I love Elliot. I know it's you don't feel this way, but it's like... I, I don't like this jokes. These, this is a <laughs> recurring joke that you make, and I don't... One of these days, you're going to make it in front of the kids. Um, But, you know, you're like... It's so cliche and stupid, but you're like, I... Yeah, like, I love this kid every bit as much as I love Elliot, and that's wild. Right. That your how heart, could you love? Yeah. How how is it that your heart can be full and then full again just as full? Right. Like what you I mean obviously there's we just the way we think think about it is is wrong. Uh cuz you know it's not a it's not a, a finite supply. Some game, yeah. Right? Um but yeah, it's just like and you go, well, I guess if I you know Presumably, if we had a third, I'd feel that way about a third and imagine that, having that much love, right? And having like, oh my God, I have a third person that I feel this way about. But it's just like the logistics suck. I really I don't. don't love childcare. Like, I don't love it. Like the thing where you're having to come up with game, like, and I think it's because I I have so little time to do anything that I want to do it's it's so hard for me to engage in like the what in the way that you need to engage it's really hard for me it's 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 a me problem all of a sudden i'm fantasizing about a bigger family and i don't know what that is like it's like these are two great little people. We make good people. We owe it to society to make another person. We could have a girl. It'd be more fun. You know, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I know. But I, I guess what stops me partly is like I live in constant fear of their future and mm-hmm. the world that they're they're going to become men into. Like I just, I'm hopeful, but I'm not optimistic. And I just think that the trajectory we're on is going to get, it's going to be a really hard life. Like there, there are a lot of trend lines that are going in very, very bad directions. And, we're, and you know, I think, well, our generation, you know, the wars, for example, that like happened during our generation were all like wars that were fought by voluntary. Over hill, over dale. Well, they were all, they were all like Quezon. volunteer, you know, you volunteered, right? I got to look up Quezon. I'm listening. Um, right. It wasn't conscripted. So it was like, yeah, not conscripted. And, you know, we were never at, we could just like i don't know pursue our our whatever 
and try and try to have like lives on our own terms to the best we can yeah, I don't in think a capitalist society. There's not going to be another draft. But no, no, no. There might not be another draft. It might just simply be war. Like the concept of war as being like the model of a World War II. Yeah, there's not going to, I doubt there will be a war with China. It's Wait, pretty unlikely. I- but, but with, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but it's like, you know, if global warming continues on the trends that the climate scientists are saying, that means that the like, tropic zone will become uninhabitable, literally uninhabitable. That means hundreds of millions of people will... By the way, when I was in labor with Owen, my mom came to visit, and then Daniel had this conversation with my mom, and I had to ask them to please shut the fuck up. You guys are not helping me at all. This is, <laughs> this is Daniel. Like, when everything's quiet... Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Jefferson Starship pops into my brain. That's my default setting. Your default setting is this. I cannot tell people how many times when we were driving to the hospital, like when I was so pregnant and I was just thinking about like, okay, they've got to do this, got to do this. This is the conversation you would have. And I'm like, you're not helping me. Well, um, in my defense. Uh, I don't think there is one. Uh, this is something that that caused me a lot of anxiety and stress. I know, but we can't figure and it out. I guess that's that's not a helpful thing of that I just said. So, I am in these instances. I'm sharing with you something that's stressing me out, and if, oh, and, it, and, it's, and I'm not hearing you, and it's stressing you out, and it's fair for you to say like, "Hey, not now." Yeah, it's totally fair. I don't mind. Of course, on the flip side, you never share any anxieties with me ever, and I never have to, uh, you know, take on some of your anxieties and stresses. Well, you're welcome. Uh, so that's nice of you. I know. Thank you're, you. You're oh, wait, no, no. What I mean is you always <laughs> fucking do. Always. I am reali- I'm realizing the irony. Yeah. So I just think it's like it's natural. Yours are on a different order. Yours are different. They, they, they're, you stress about different kinds of things. They're shorter. I think about the fact that our generation didn't have to go, to, didn't have to fight a war, and our boys very likely will. And that stresses me the fuck out. And, and with this, un, what I believe is an understanding about where we're headed, I get really mad at people who don't do everything they can to mitigate it and in fact are supporting the things that are getting us there. So this is something I haven't been able to resolve. I wish there was like a a way to put my brain on ice. To when? Uh, I don't know. Some future date where everything is fine. So just to circle back because now I feel like people are like, are they going to try for another kid? Uh, is she going to talk him into it? Here is the thing. The last many times we tried to retrieve eggs, I did not get anything usable. So I think that even if I could convince Daniel, we could go back to my fertility doctor. We could explore it. We could do a few more rounds. But I just, in my soul, I don't, or my gut or my brain or wherever the seat of knowledge is, um, I don't think we would have any luck and yeah. I think it would just be expensive and it would be putting my body through hell again and it would be sad. And you know, those last expensive, I, um, right. I, 
with Elliot, the um, stimulation, the, the giving myself shots and stuff, it oh. I took it in stride really with Elliot and before Elliot. Yeah. But then when I did it after Elliot. It, I was like, this is, it, it exhausted me for some reason. I don't know if it's because I was older. It's because I had a kid. I don't know what it was, but like it, it was much more, it was much harder physically to do it. So I just think, and for all I know, they'd laugh me out of there. They'd be like, uh, sorry, we have a cutoff at this. I don't think, I think we're such good customers that they'd be, they'd welcome us back. But I just don't think, I don't think it would work. So I don't think it's possible for us to have another uh, baby or another genetic baby correct yeah i i just think when we when we got owen it was the last of the embryos that we had it was literally the last two embryos we put in and it just felt like this is it yeah and so the idea of going back and starting over it just feels like no i agree with you let's do some itunes comments of the week i love your comments Please, whatever you're doing, drop it all and go to, we can go to apple.co slash Allison Rosen, or um, just look for Allison Rosen's Junior Best Friend on iTunes, which is now called Apple Podcasts. And please, if you're not subscribed, subscribe, 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 subscribe your friends, but also uh, review, download, rate, and we are going to read a couple comments as a way of saying thank you for your comments. Also, I'm on Patreon, Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Um, a lot of people just signed up at the $10 level, which is wonderful. $10 level, you get a live stream with me every month. And um, I just, so you get a bonus episode at the $5 level. And also I've been putting the videos at the $5 level, although technically $10 is the video level. So I've just for a while, I've been putting them at the $5 level. I think I'm going to create it. You know what? I'm going way too much in the weeds on this. But anyway, I, the video of the last uh, Q and a with me where I answered your questions and like got into a lot of gossip in details of the videos at the $10 level for that one. So a lot of people signed up to see that one. Um, and thank you very much. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Okay, let's do iTunes comment of the week. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments and don't forget to click five stars. Okay. Real conversations that entertain by cannot see. Allison's husband, Daniel, appears to be trying to get kicked off the podcast or out of the marriage with the comments he makes. <laughs> For our sake, he must remain in both. He is funny and interesting. He is also a hero to men that he can tease his wife and get away with it. <laughs> Perhaps it is just the audience, but she'll even laugh. Anyone can have a podcast. Not everyone can record husband jokes without... Uh, you think you're funny, but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> without hearing that, probably. Right. Uh, Allison, inter- Allison interviews are bold without being aggressive and is able to interject with her own experiences into the conversation without putting too much attention on herself. Allison, Jenna, Matt, Chris, and Gary delve into conversations that you will not find anywhere else. I find myself often thinking, I thought I was the only person that did that. Things like worrying if I leave a tissue from blowing my nose after using a public toilet. Will the next person think something weird? The group have real conversations that come up organically, which is all well and good, 
but if they are also able to do this in an entertaining way, which, but they are also able to do this in an entertaining way, which shows true talent. Okay. Very confused. Thank you. Thank you for your, the wonderful comment and the five stars and for listening. But there's something confusing about that one, right? Tell me. He's talking about the Thursday show of yesteryear, uh, but like at the beginning of it. So, you know, 2012 to 2014, Mm. but he's talking about current day you because it's tempting to go, oh, this is just someone who has started from the beginning because people do that a lot. But then they wouldn't be listening to the So I don't know what's going on there, but I like it. Maybe they're doing both. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, Allison, um, I, I give her a hard time, and uh, it's a fine line. I try to only what? give I try oh. to only give you a hard time on things that aren't really sensitive topics, and sometimes I, I'm I go too far, or whatever. Like, uh, but what's an example of a time you went too far? Is there one that's coming to your mind? No, um, no. Sometimes I know that it's happened before. It has but. happened, though. Uh, it's you know, it's <clears throat> it's not an easy thing to do a podcast with your wife and other people. I feel like we don't. It's a little easier when it's just the two of us in terms of knowing where the line is. Yeah. But when it's other people and everyone's going for the joke and stuff, it's like what? Like, what was that? Smile? Like no, I'm just trying to. <laughs> I think with you, it starts with you having a healthy sense of humor and a sense of humor about yourself. Like you I can, do, yeah. So it, like that allows me to to tease a little. I try not to tease too in a way that's too like hitting you in places that are really vulnerable. Mm. Do you um, know what those places are? Yeah, but I'm not going to talk about them. Yeah, no, don't. I'm just curious. I th- yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. at the beginning of our relationship, I was like, oh my God, this guy is stepping in it so all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I learned the hard way. Uh, and then uh, when we were doing the Thursday show, sometimes I'll like make little jokes that I know you get are jokes. And sometimes I would look over and I've worried, for example, that like Allie Ward. Right. Thinks you're ha- awful. Thinks I'm awful. <laughs> I know she doesn't, though. I don't think no, she does. No, I don't. Well, I don't actually know for sure. I, but don't, like, she, I don't think she does. Uh, I'm like, boy, she probably. She, she, <laughs> I'm like so mean to you. <laughs> and um, of course, I would never like. I would never. I mean, I think the world of you. And, and, and like, I, you know, there's all these like really positive things that I feel and think about you. But. Uh, it's just funnier to, that's not funny. Well, I would like to hear some of these unfunny things that you think the world of me about. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> I can't think of any right now. I, <laughs> uh, I, I dare you to give me one compliment oh, that's shit. heartfelt. Okay. This Tony, is like Tony, King, cut out the like 10 minutes Lair. of silence while I think of it. <laughs> no, uh, I think you're, you're an incredible wit. You're so funny. You're so fast. You are, uh, you're way smarter than me. I'm an incredible witch. I'm funny and fat. Excuse me. <laughs> you're way smarter than me. And that's nice. You have a great memory. Um, okay, stop. You're right. I didn't enjoy it. You didn't like hearing nice things about you? Um, no, I do. I just, I was joking that it is not interesting, but I feel like I, I forced you into saying these. So, well, I'm telling you what I, I really the think, though. Of them. Why? Because I, I forced you. <laughs> but I wouldn't make anything up. Okay, we'll keep going. Then. Like, here's how it would sound if I didn't believe these things and I was trying to make things up. Okay. I'd be like, 
Um, or I would be like, uh, you know, uh, I really uh, think that you have a nice car. Uh, let's see. You're, you know, you're, you're a unique individual. Oh, you know, there's only one, one of the things of you. I like. There's only one of you. Um, no, I, uh, yeah, I, um, <sighs> see, I've already lost track of what I was saying. That's okay. It, it's like, I feel weird comp being complimentary in public. Why? I th- because I feel like it's personal. And it's like it's like really sincere and it's personal and it's and it's private. It feels private. Mm. So that's why I don't do a lot of like uh public like, oh my wife's so beautiful and smart and funny and all that. Because it just feels like, yeah, that's what I think and that's for me to feel about you. I don't need to declare it. Uh and it's just funny to me to, to declare silly like be to be mean. To, I don't think I'm mean. No, I don't either. I don't think I'm mean. I think mean. we both tease each other. I tease you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. But I know that there are people out there that are like, don't like it. And um, I don't know. I mean, everyone has a different tolerance level for teasing, I guess. And, um, f- and I'm... I th- those people should just know that like we're we're okay we're, we're not like on the brink of divorce or anything. Okay, we got to close the show, but let's just end on the other day you were talking to me, mm. and in the middle of talking, you like reached into the other. You did some weird body movement where it looked to me that you were reaching in. You were looking for something in the other room and possibly reaching into the other room. And I said, "What is that?" And you said, "I'm accessing a memory." Mm-hmm. What can you explain what happened? Um. So in about 2,000 years, there's a war between machines and man. And I was built to replicate humans, and I've come back in time, and that's me. No. Um, you know when you're talking and you just look off into space? I do that all the time. Yeah, so they have determined that... You, have you heard this? Like, if you're watching somebody and they look to yes. like upper left, they're lying. And if they right. look up to the other... The, That's interesting. And no, it's like, I go upper left for real memories. I forget what it is, but there's one that we all do because that's like where real memories are and this yeah. is where you're inventing Your lie things. memories are. And it's, uh, it's a tell for when someone's lying. And so that's what I meant. I don't know if that's what oh. I was doing. It was like, but I was like... Oh, I was trying to remember I something. Thought- I had to look... In the direction that I was, you know. Oh, I didn't get your joke. Oh, I know. I thought that you really somehow that movement helped you remember. What? Well, I... in a way, it does because you're 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 putting your eyes in a place where it's like it's. I, it, I like to call it a hot corner. <laughs> and then you go to sleep. I um, I look off a lot because I find it hard to think and maintain eye contact yes, sometimes. Very like hard. during therapy, and I notice this. I don't notice it in the room, but I notice it on my, you know, when I do FaceTime with my therapist. I look off most of the time when I'm talking. Yeah, for me, it's like it allows me to to not have to think about what I'm looking right. at. And when I record myself doing the podcast, when I do the Thursday show, I am looking at them usually. But mm-hmm. when I recorded myself doing just the me answering their questions, I allowed myself to look off because that's what I naturally do during a podcast. I didn't keep eye contact with the camera except for. I get very distracted if I'm looking at a person while I'm trying to talk. Yeah. Is it? It's funny how when you talk about eye contact, you become high. Like I'm highly aware of my eyeballs right now. 
Do you ever do that thing where you're, where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm making some good eye contact. And you're like, yeah, but I'm only looking at one eye. A little bit. You're, now I am. You can't look at both yeah, eyes. Yeah, I know. Anyway. My eyes feel self-conscious. Daniel, this was a wonderful episode. At least my part of it was. I hope so. I never know. No, no one Let us does. know. Because I always walk away from this thinking like, ugh. <laughs> no one cares about what I have to say. If you want to call the show, and by the way, I'm sorry we didn't get to more voicemails. 323-553-2331. Again, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Patreon. I'm on Cameo as well. Cameo.com slash Allison Rosen. Follow me on social media at Allison Rosen. Um, follow sh- on Twitter and Instagram, show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Please subscribe to my YouTube, youtube.com slash Allison Rosen, uh, and listen to Childish Daniel. What about you? Well, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and uh, yeah, sign up for Twitch, because I want to, um, I'm desperate to uh, just chit-chat with folks online. Um, yeah, I noticed my Twitter has gone down. And you know what? You are the few and the proud those of you who still follow me on Twitter, the rest of you, I'm so disappointed in you. So disappointed. Should we end on that note? That seems like a bleak note. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I will try to get Quabi out there. Uh, it's important. People are waiting for Quabi content. And so that'll be on Instagram. And that's it. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go.